Hello and welcome. Legally Brief presents the Child Athlete Abuse Podcast. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer, mother, and survivor. I work with competitive youth athletes, survivors of abuse, and their families who are dealing with abusive authority figures. This podcast is for anyone who is fed up, dealing with fear, and searching for answers. I really hope that you enjoy the contents of each episode, but remember, it is never a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who knows and understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes, head on over to my website, jsaunderslawfirm.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. And one more thing, don't forget to rate and review the show and leave a comment. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into the show. Few events in life bring more joy and cause for celebration than the birth of a child. If it's a first birthday, a baby shower, a christening, we celebrate our children. Parents all over the world wax poetic about how beautiful their children are. Entire online platforms are devoted to bragging about our children. Pictures, photos, We scroll endlessly looking at not only our children, but other children, our friends, our family, our nieces, our nephews. Everything from a Hallmark card, TV commercials, message that children are valuable. Children are worthy to be protected. Entire industries are fueled on this idea alone that children are important, whether it's the suburbs that we move to, where we buy a bigger home, a bigger yard, the clothing industry that's dedicated to children, movies, the entire movie industry that spends billions of dollars, or It's the competitive youth sports industry where billions are spent on fees, uniforms, training, coaches, private lessons. We all send the same message. Children are valuable. But then why do we have this inconsistency throughout our culture when children are abused sexually or emotionally that the reaction and their systemic failures to react and protect the children. Last week's episode, I reported on the September 15 congressional hearing where Ali Reisman, Michaela Moroni, Maggie Nicholas, and Simone Biles testified before the Judiciary Committee in reference to the FBI's failure to properly investigate their sex abuse allegations of Larry Nassar. There were several key points taken away from that hearing, but two were this. One was that the failure of the FBI to act resulted in several other girls being allowed to be given access and opportunity so that Larry Nassar could also sexually abuse them. But then also this, the message that these young ladies did not matter. Their voices didn't matter, their complaints were minimized, and they were told to distrust what had happened to them. So on the one hand, while we culturally celebrate our children, and then on another level, in the sports realm, we worship them, we idealize them, we put them on a whole nother level. These are, in some respects, 
super children are competitive athletes. The athletes who are filtering through the recreational sports systems and the travel sports systems, maybe they now become state level champions or national champions. In so many ways, we don't see these as just regular children. These are super children, so to speak. They're athletes that we watch all the time. We follow their careers. They're on either a track to go off to a division one, division two or three school to play a sport and to fuel the economies of colleges and universities. Or maybe they're on the Olympic track and they will fuel that machine of the Olympic bodies, making money for them, making money for our country and bringing our country accolades for wins in the gold, silver and bronze. So they're getting the message that not only are you should be valued as a child, you're even more so valued as this super child as this athlete. However, here's the big contradiction. Here's the befuddlement and the confusion. We've complained, we've been abused, and you adults, you people that say that we're so important, you don't act. You don't do the things that you say that your agencies are supposed to do, that your organizations to respond, to hold individuals accountable. Now, in no way, the one of the other things that I saw that was interesting that came out of the hearings, in no way did any of those young ladies, these Olympic athletes, did they try to skirt or say that Larry Nasser was not to blame. All of them said he was to blame. He was the wrongdoer, but it was the non-reaction after the abuse that caused them great pain, suffering, and trauma. To be re-traumatized, to know that the FBI, the number one, the bright shining star of law enforcement, that the way their investigators handled these young ladies from beginning to end, to just be dismissed, to be told and to be questioned as if they're what they had said was not important, to be told, don't talk to your teammates about this, to be kept quiet, and then not to know for years the results of that investigation, that's where we failed. And that's the inconsistent messaging that we're sending to our kids. To celebrate them, to cheer, rah-rah, their birth, and the idea of children. But the idea of children and the actual protection support of children, those are two different things. And we have, as a culture, have to get that back aligned so that we're sending one consistent message over the cycle and life of a child so that they know if something's happened to me because mom, dad, whomever, adult, authority figure, I may not always be 100% protected, but I know if something happens, I can come to these agencies and these individuals And they will get that person, they'll hold them accountable, and they'll stop them from hurting other kids. That was one of the main things that came out of that hearing. And that's what I'm saying on this episode is how we as a culture can stop the abuse. We can significantly curve and stunt the cycle of abuse that we see happening to young boys and girls in sport, in a culture as a whole. One of the last things that's the topic of our discussion today is how do we start to turn the ship around, so to speak, so that our words are more in line with our actions, so that we're not just throwing amazing birthday parties and sending the message that we celebrate you, but we're also making sure that what we do is aligned. And I say the draw from this Draw from the inspiration that we get from our children. When we see these athletes 
committed to a sport, the practice that they do, the discipline, the beauty that they bring to gymnastics, to swimming, to cycling, to track and field, and to so many other sports, to skating. When we see the beauty that they bring to these sports, it inspires. It inspires all of us. Maybe you're well into your career, you're in your 30s or 40s, 50s, 60s, your career, your life, your routines have become rote. You get up in the morning. If you have a family, you get your family ready. You get yourself off to work. You're thinking about dinner and it's just become systematic. Do me a favor, turn on college sports, turn on the recent Olympics or past Olympics. Many of the individuals participating in these sports, we can think about as children or young adults. They're younger than us. Just look at, and you can't deny the inspiration that you'll even get watching this through the television or online. Let what they give you, their dedication, inspire you to make yourself be consistent with what you're saying. It starts with each one of us, each one of us being consistent in our messaging that we're giving to our kids. And then collectively as a culture, because maybe you work in one of these organizations, maybe you work with a national governing body or sport, a sporting association. And maybe you yourself have become indifferent just because of the cycle of life. But inspire yourself by what our athletes give to us and how they make us recommit to so many other areas of our life. What our children give to us on an everyday basis, their honesty, their kindness, their constant willingness to forgive us as parents, as teachers, as educators, they forgive much faster than we do. Let that also inspire us to be more consistent in what we say and how we treat our kids when they report if it's emotional or verbal abuse, if it's physical abuse, if it's sexual abuse. If you're sitting in a position of authority, the message is this. We can't just celebrate our kids on paper or online or on Facebook. We have to celebrate them also and support them when they tell us of abuse. And we have to ensure that we don't look away, that we don't have another investigation into the failure to act like we did on September 15th, where we're asking the questions, where survivors are wondering, where is justice? When will it happen? Why did this happen? Not why did the abuse happen? They were mature enough, these young ladies, these athletes, they were mature enough to understand that, again, we can't always 100% keep our children from encountering harm and danger. But what we can do is ensure that our reaction after that honors them and supports them. So that's what we can do. Be inspired by our kids to make our celebration of them in words be consistent with celebrating them in our deeds. It was always, it's always a pleasure to spend this time with you. And until next time, be well. Thank you. information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.